Good evening, and welcome to the last of our regularly slated broadcasts before our scheduled open house tomorrow from 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon, and then our first service back uh, beginning at noon on a, August the 1st. It's been a long haul from mid-March of last year, but we're on the threshold of a new beginning. Thank you for sticking with us through this pandemic and facility repair. Now, come celebrate with us. Now, for the broadcast this evening, I want to look at the book of Exodus. The Exodus was a long time in coming. Instead of the 17 months that we've just been through, the oppression of Israel lasted at least 80 years before there was liberation from all the restrictions and rigor that was imposed on them. Let's look at some of the scriptures about this event. Now I'm going to use two different scriptures and I'm going to use two translations so that maybe we can get a better sense of, of what is being told to us here. The first one is Exodus 12, 51, and I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. It says, And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. And then that same scripture, Exodus 12, 51, in the New Living Translation, on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, like an army. So my emphasis there is by their armies or like an army. Then we'll do the same thing with Exodus 13, 18. King James Version says, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Then in the New Living Translation, that same verse says, So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. The Exodus began as a, a movement in some sort of military formation. It's not clear from the scriptures just exactly how they accomplished all of that or who was in charge of that particular part of the process. Oftentimes the Exodus is pictured almost as a mob scrambling to leave slavery behind them. But the Bible presents us a, a different picture and draws attention to the orderliness that was imposed as they marched. This organizational structure was refined and codified as Israel camped at Sinai with each of the tribes always pitching their tents in a, in a certain position in relation to where the tabernacle was located. And they were the same tribes were always together in their marching order. The book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 3 King James Version says, the Lord is a man of war. Now keep in mind, this is in that same area 
of the early uh, days of the Exodus. So it's setting up a, a, a picture here. The Lord, their commander in chief, is a man of war, and they are coming out of Egypt like armies. In fact, 245 times in the Old Testament, the military designation of Lord of Hosts, or as it can be translated, Lord of Armies, is used in the King James Version to describe our God. And that's besides one time in the book of James where the term is used, the Lord of Sabaoth. Sabaoth being from the Hebrew, which means hosts or armies. So early in the journey of uh, their liberation, they twice faced formidable opposition. In the first instance, the Egyptian army was so overwhelming that God provided them a miraculous deliverance, the crossing of the Red Sea. Then the Amalekites attacked later. And in that instance, God was not so uniquely involved in the victory. Uh, in this instance, the army of Israel under the leadership of Joshua had to engage the enemy. Moses' intercession of the, from the top of the hill played a, a crucial role, but it wasn't the sole cause of the triumph. The potential mob, what could have been a mob of the liberated, had to operate as a disciplined army to bring victory. I'd like to take a moment to talk about the, the word in the King James Version, harnessed, talking about their orderliness, about the fact that they were like an army in their travel. Sometime back, I was driving past an open field, and I noticed two horses running across the pasture. With manes and tails flying, they were the very picture of freedom and the the sheer joy of living. Nothing was chasing them. They were just running for the fun of running and being alive. Exhilarating and as appropriate as this may have been at the time, they were not productive beyond providing a sermon illustration. God did not liberate Israel from bondage so they could just run and buck and race each other. He brought them out to bring them in. There was an aim to his act, a purpose that he was pursuing. His goal was not just to get them out from under the lash, but into the possession of the promised land. The horse harness trained, controlled, is the one that can plow a field, pull a wagon, transport a traveler, or a warrior. Though Israel was released from its rigor, there was work to do that required organization. I'm 
quite sure that the race of slaves that overnight became a nation on the march did not have the precision and discipline of the Corps in a Veterans Day parade. They had some semblance of order, but it was probably mostly semblance. Many years ago, my wife and I were at West Point as a new class of cadets was being processed. I remember, <clears throat> pardon me, one small group of plebes, they break them into to small groups. And one of these small groups of plebes, first year students, was being marched somewhere, probably for the very first time that they had ever marched. They were in single file, and when they reached a certain point, the upperclassmen in charge of the group gave the order to face right at a particular point and continue marching in line. Well, the first plebe was somewhat directionally challenged. And instead of turning right, he turned left. So he's marching off in one direction and all those behind him properly executed the right turn and proceeded properly while the plebe was blissfully unaware that he was no longer at the head of the column. And uh, there was one of the other upperclassmen that was uh, coming after him to, I'm sure, politely tell him that he had messed up. But by the time the thousand plus new cadets marched across the parade grounds that evening, they were already pretty well in step and on their way to becoming officers in the U.S. Army. They had a long way to go in the next four years. But by the time they retired that night, they were already well on their way to becoming soldiers. Israel had a long way to go in becoming the triumphant nation that God desired for them to be. But their very first day of liberty, they were already harnessed up enough to be called an army. God wants us to do that same thing. Every one of us. No matter the length of time we've been living for God, we are already in the Lord's army. I remember when I was a kid in Sunday school that we used to sing a song. I suppose maybe they still sing it. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I may never march in the infantry, shoot the artillery, fly for the enemy. Uh, I don't remember the rest of it, but it ends up with I'm in the Lord's army. And of course, as children, we would uh, stomp our feet for marching the infantry and clap our hands and shoot the artillery and wave like we were flying a plane. And in those days, World War II was less than a decade behind us. And so all of the children learned that song with a very politically 
incorrect term of I may never fly over Germany. Years later, it was uh, changed to fly or the enemy. But I'm in the Lord's army. We are all in the Lord's army. We are to be harnessed into his work. Now, everyone starts as a recruit. Everybody has a first day. Then we learn and we train and we implement. West Point trains every cadet to be a general. Generals are probably going to come from every class. They just don't know which ones it will be. So they've got to train them all that way. They may be taking in another Robert E. Lee, who never got a demerit during his time at the United States Military Academy. Or a Douglas MacArthur, whose mother moved right there just about on the grounds of the academy so she could keep watch on her son. Or it may be that uh, it would be another George Patton who couldn't seem to find the library. In fact, they put his statue facing the library so that he could know where it is. We each have our own strengths, our own challenges in this army. Rank is not so important in relation to each other as it is in comparison to what we could and should be. The crucial thing is, as Paul told Timothy, to be a good soldier. Now, Caesar, Alexander, Napoleon would have laughed or would have looked at what was called an army coming out of Egypt and uh, with women and children and the elderly in the ranks. They'd have probably laughed at the presumption of this people. But that was the army God had chosen. Unmilitary as it may have looked at that point, they were the ones going not by might, nor by power, not depending upon man's organizational ability or other human strengths, but they were going by the Spirit. Now, we can become students of the dysfunction in the camp, and we have lots of record of that. But Balaam and the inhabitants of Jericho had a clearer vision of the power of this army. Now we're about to come back together in person. I'm not sure that every squad and platoon among us could pass a white glove inspection right now. But our great commander has given us well, it's a standing order. Forward, march. Can we pray? Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your hand upon us in these many months of problems and trials and decision-making and, and sometimes just hanging on, sometimes being very victorious 
in meeting the challenges. Lord, and as we gather together, we invite your presence to be with us. Oh, Lord, anything that has been taken from us during this time, I, I pray that the prophecy of Joel would be fulfilled, that what the canker worm, the palmer worm, the locust, all these other things have taken from us, that you would restore them all. Oh, God, we want to serve you. We want to be under your command. We want to do what you want us to do. Help us, Lord, to be good soldiers. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining with us tonight. Remember that our open house starts at 10 o'clock in the morning and will go until 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And then service will be at 12 o'clock Sunday, August the 1st. We'll be looking for you. Come be with us. Good night and God bless.